Good morning, everybody, and welcome to Off Track with Troy. I, of course, am your host, Troy. Uh, You're going to hear from Billy Pillars and Kaylee Pillars. They are uh, friends of Lisa and I in Iowa. They are fellow photographers, which I know is a common theme, as many of my friends are. Uh, but these two are pretty special. Billy, um, ex-military, I don't know if that's what you say, he's a veteran, and uh, his story is like just beyond powerful. And and we're and and Billy's an onion, and I hope to podcast Billy as many times as it takes to get his full story uh, as much as he's willing to let go. Um, I believe that these stories can help not only the individual by releasing that information in such a public way, uh, but they also help then those of you that are listeners that are facing, you know, the same issues and, and so on. And so, you know, again, Billy talks a lot about the military side of things, maybe even more so than I thought he would. Um, he talks about a troubled not necessarily maybe a troubled childhood. I think he talks a little bit about a troubled childhood, but more so about the troubled childhood and life of his mom and his dad and, you know, what they both went through and what led to his childhood and where it's led him today. <clears throat> Excuse me. Um, and what I find fascinating, and you'll hear me talk about it, is that if you lined up 100 people that had just a similar story, I swear 99 of them would be, you know, um, affected with some negative, um, I don't know, outreach or whatever. I think they would be affected by drugs and alcohol and um, I think they would treat people differently. I think they would act out. Just so many different things. And Billy is like just nobody's perfect but billy is like just a a, a well-rounded man and I, I absolutely from the bottom of my heart thank him for sharing what he did share in this episode and kaylee like i feel bad because we barely talked to kaylee um you know and she's probably laughing hearing this but uh me and kaylee did a podcast a while back and she felt like it wasn't interesting enough and so you know, we wanted to get Billy involved and, and, and interview the two of them, but I felt like it was so one-sided, and so I almost owe uh, Kaylee an apology because Kaylee, uh, you know, if I can twist her arm, maybe I can I can still I can still post her someday. Uh, it's good. And then me and Kaylee sat around my studio that night after hers and had a really well-rounded talk about um, depression and, and things like that, and, you know, I could have every episode on that. I swear I could. Um but I really want you to sit back and listen to Billy. Billy's got a lot of really good, I think, information and ways about life and ways to think and, and feel and so on. And so um, I know my episodes can be long, and I certainly apologize because I know that every one of you has limited time. But I swear this is a good one, and I look forward to hearing from people, uh, and I hope they reach out to Billy and, and let him know, and, and Kaylee too, how wonderful an episode this was. So until next week, guys, talk to you later. That's how I felt. Take two. Uh, <laughs> I might leave that on there. Take two. <laughs> um, we had to restart.
So this is our restart. Uh, so it feels really weird to say this, but I'm here with Billy and Kaylee. <laughs> 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 oh, people are going to hate this podcast already. <laughs> um, really, though, uh, I'm here with Billy and Kaylee, who are Billy and Kaylee Pillars. <laughs> That's us. <laughs> That's them. And they are here in Fort Dodge, Iowa with me, traveling from the big city of Venton. 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 Way to enunciate that T. Thank you. Shout v- out. Venton. You're about Venton. Yeah, a minute ago you spoke, but you probably didn't get picked up because you were lounging in your chair. Some people call it Venton. Oh, really? What do you think the correct pronunciation of your town is? Venton. The way you said it. Venton. Venton. Yeah. Vin. Venton is... Maybe if you've been there a long time, Ben. <laughs> there, some people just cut it out, cut the T out. Yeah. All right. Well, that's a small town in Iowa. For those of you that are uh, around the world, wondering what we're talking about, um, like five thousand people around the world. I have s- six countries. Look wow. at you. Yeah. Uh, let me think for a minute. Okay. I think it's um, Japan, Vietnam, Italy, or something over there. Um, so darn it! Italy. Now I can't remember everything else. That's impressive. Do you know these people, or no. they just found you? They must have just found me. That's amazing. Yeah, I'm proud of you. Either that, or there's like some weird robo system that listens to podcasts, and it's connected to a server in hmm. Vietnam. Yeah. Um. All right. So, Billy. Yes. Can you please give me the elev- elevator version <laughs> <laughs> of who you are? Like, what do you want to know? Who you are, where you're from, where you're from, where you come you from. Tell us a little bit about yourself. Well, you said my name like 30 times. Yeah. So <laughs> your name's Billy. That's me. Um, is your real name William? No. Is your real name, is there another bigger name for Billy? Nope. It just, it's just, just Billy. Billy. Yep. Do people call you Bill? Nobody. Well, Nobody? I guess, I guess one person, one kid growing up with me, uh, he's always called me Bill. Yeah. Is um, it weird for a second? No, not from him. But no. like from other people, it gets it's yeah, a little like weird. If I called you Bill, I actually would feel weird. Yeah. Hey, Bill. Yeah, it just it doesn't. You don't look like a know, Bill, right? Yeah, you look like a Billy. Yeah, I mean that's who I am. All right. Um. Well, earlier before take two, um, I mentioned that you're a military man. Yes. So we know that about you, right? And we'll get to that okay. somewhat. Uh, but let's hear about like when you were eight years old. Your favorite game was what? I don't remember when I was eight years old. Okay, let's try ten years old. <laughs> I don't remember. Twelve. <laughs> let's let's keep it going. How about fourteen? How about what's your favorite game now, Billy? I don't have one. Billy hates games. I oh, he's a duddy. What about did you play sports as a child? I play. I played football. When yeah, I was a child. Yeah. You started in flag football. Uh, no, I I started in seventh grade. All right, late bloomer. Um, my parents didn't put me in. Like yeah. any sports, but I did play a lot. Like I played like tackle and stuff, you know, like after school with a bunch of kids. Yeah, yeah, that's good fun times. So you only played football. Played football um, in high school. Nope. nope, I I quit because the I didn't get to play, even though I was good. I didn't. I you didn't, didn't have, kiss up to the coach. Well, they played. They played the people that were more popular. All right, that's yeah. how every. Team sport, yeah, is yes, correct. Um, 
sea squirrel moments. I thought my door just opened. Uh, okay. Well, you're not real interesting so far. Yeah. And your wife promised me that you'd be the more interesting one. He is the more interesting one. You're, yeah. you're talking about like stuff from way back. Ancient history. Yeah. yeah. That's like His memory only goes so far. Yeah. If, if you had to tell somebody who Billy is, how would you how would you sell yourself? For let's see. Let's say you're at a job interview. Uh-huh. And I am the interviewee. No, er. Er. Or I'm the interviewer and I said, "Billy, tell me about yourself. What's the job that I'm going <laughs> for?" <laughs> you're going to be a radio show host i probably would not sign up for that this is the worst (laughs) podcast ever (laughs) um i don't know i guess if i had to explain myself i'd probably just say kaylee how would you explain (laughs) billy so billy's the best he's funny uh he's so talented and he has nice hair (laughs) (laughs) okay um what if i said explain like tell me who billy is uh character wise character wise he's the best (laughs) so sorry this is getting awkward this is getting real bad i didn't mean to uh (laughs) character wise like he's honest and kind and caring and he would do anything for me so not everybody just you (laughs) fair enough okay you guys are a tight-knit group i get it just the two of you no kids four dogs it's just you guys look out for each other got it so basically if i'm in need of help and you two around i'm going to die (laughs) he would help you too okay yeah billy yeah if you had to uh tell me who kaylee is how would you tell me who kaylee is pressure's on um i hope it's better than you describing yourself (laughs) (laughs) Probably not. No. I'm I'm not. Let's see. She's funny. She's kind. She's talented. Like she, she puts everything she has into her work. And I think it shows like with her pictures, she puts herself in the same emotions that is coming from the bride or the groom or whatever. She really gets into it. Like she feels what they're feeling. And I think that is something that's rare with people. They can't put themselves in a position to feel what other people are feeling. So it kind of gives her, I don't know, a better, not better, but like just, it makes her work better to me because I can feel the emotion of both sides. Would she be the more emotional one between the two of you? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Considering that I'm like tearing up right now. Yeah, I'm a very yeah. emotional person. Correct. Yep. Yeah. Do you need a minute? No, I'm Just drink your water. I'm perfect. <laughs> I'm fine. Uh, that was good. That was very nice. Well, if I had to describe the two of you. This dun, be dun, good. dun, dun, dun. Um, I, I'm just going to use a couple words. I think that you're both very genuine. Right. Uh, we met in a hotel room a few years back in Des Moines, Iowa, where we talked about some really messed up stuff. We're not going to talk about that because um, that might turn some people off <laughs> real quick. 
Uh, but you're both very genuine, and and that means a lot to me because I like real people. Yeah. Right. Not a big big fan of people that are uh, you know look at me I'm better. Blah 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 blah. People. Yeah. We all know those people. Um, and then I think that Kaylee. I think you're very inviting. Oh, thank you so much. You're welcome. Yeah. 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 That's a good thing. Yeah. Being inviting, no, I, I right? Think so. Like, uh, that makes you're like an open person that makes people feel good. Yeah. Right. To be around. And Billy, you're very protecting. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I like the way you analyze situations. Yeah. 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 It comes from that military side of things. Yeah. I could say it. Yeah. I yeah. agree with that. Were you like that in high school before the military? No, I I didn't think twice about most anything. Yeah. It's uh definitely something that came from the military. You served for how long? I did five years. Mm-hmm. And what years? Oh, let's see if I remember this. I went in in 2005 and I got out in 2010. All right. So you were in the middle of our time in Iraq. Yes. All right. Um. Yeah, yeah, we're gonna get to that. We have to, we have to ease Billy into some military talk <laughs> today. Yeah. Poor guy. Um, how do you think the military has helped you in your current path in photography? Gave me the discipline to stay focused on a task. Where in like when I was younger, I was kind of just like whatever, doesn't matter. I didn't have the focus, um, but then the military just gave me that. It opened me up to my possibilities as like what I already had. I just didn't know I had, mm-hmm. and it helped me um, settle down, focus, and not give up on things when things are easily, when you can easily give up on things. What do you think drove you to go into the military? Um. Well, I've always wanted to ever since I was a little kid. Um, my dad and like a lot of people in my family were in the military. And it was kind of like, a, let's see, it was, I, mean, I don't know, just like they were like in their uniforms and stuff, they almost seemed like unreal. Like they were like, you know, movie characters or something like just something I wanted to inspire to be. Like they seem bigger than life kind of thing. Um, and my dad, my dad told me I probably wouldn't like the military and that I shouldn't go. He was, he was against it because he thought, um, I could, I, I don't know. He probably thought I did I couldn't handle it. Cause I was, I mean, I was a young kid and he probably didn't, you know, believe in me as much as he probably should have. Mm-hmm. And, How long uh, did your dad serve? He did. I don't know exactly, but I know he did two, uh, two different times in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. So I think four or five years, maybe, or maybe a little bit more. Um, But I always wanted to do that. And I always, I always loved like the men and women who served and they always were like an inspiration to me. And so my dad passed away in 2003 and it was kind of a way to do what I always wanted to do and kind of honor his memory and the memories of um, my other family and others who have served. So it was kind of my way of giving back. Because I feel like a lot of people can, and they don't, and that's perfectly fine. That's their choice. But for me, it, it was like almost an obligation. Like I mm-hmm. felt like I needed to. When it came time to pick uh, a branch 
did you know it was going to be the Army versus no. Marines, Air Force, whatever? No, it was Marines. All right. I actually, <clears throat> so I went in when it was like that real big surge. Um, and I, I got with a Marine, a Marine recruiter and I went through all the stuff that I needed to do. And it was a six month wait. I had to wait six months and I was like, okay, whatever. But then I found out I wouldn't be able to choose my job that the Marines were going to choose my job for me if I fit a certain criteria. Mm-hmm. And I was like, no, I don't want to do that at all. Um, I was like, I'm sorry. I love the Marines. And I, I really wanted to be a Marine cause I thought they were like the best of the best kind of thing. Um, and so I went to the army and got in there and got talking to a guy and my recruiter was actually a combat photographer <laughs> and I went in and I was talking to him and he asked me what I wanted to do. And I said, infantry. And he said, you're fucking crazy. And I said, why? He's like, cause that's the dumbest thing. He's like, cause my ASVAB, my ASVAB score was really high. And so he said, I could do anything. And he's like, you can do anything. Why would you want to do that? And I was like, cause that's what I want to do. Like, I didn't want to, I didn't want to do anything else. I just wanted to, I wanted to go the hardest route, I guess. And for those that don't really understand, like infantry would be your, your front line. You're, you're yeah. going to see, you're going to see some, some stuff Yeah, versus being a usually, mechanic or something back at the base or whatever. And so on. The movies are usually based off of the infantry guys. Mm. So I wanted to do that. Cause I felt like that was just something that I'd be good at since I was, I was always an athletic person and that's kind of what my drive was. I just wanted to do like the hardest thing that I thought I could at the time. Cause my main goal was I wanted to, um, go into sniper school and be a sniper. Mm-hmm. So you, you stop that motion and you end up going into the army. Yes. Mm. That's gotta be, uh, I don't know. That seems I'm guessing for most people, at least I'm going to probably represent the more the, the other side of people, right? Because I certainly wouldn't want to see uh, the battle side of the war. You know, I'd be that guy that's like, yeah, put me. Yeah. What can I do at the base? I'm mop. I'm mop pretty good, right? Like I don't. I would not want to. Would not want to be out there firing away. Uh, it's not it. That's not really what you think of. So I never thought of it as going on the front line and seeing all that stuff. I just knew it was the hardest job and uh, it just, it was my way to give back. I didn't know like what I would be good at. I didn't want to do mechanic. I didn't want to do anything else. Like I'm, I'm a physical person. I like hands-on kind of stuff. And um, I never really thought about the bigger picture at the time. I was still kind of young and I didn't think about the, the war, the battle. I didn't even think about, you know, getting to see all that or experience that kind of stuff. It was just what I wanted to do and that's the route I went. And then I kind of what, what do you think inside you makes you take the hard route? Most people aren't that way. I don't know. I guess it's just, I've always taken the hard route. Like, um, I don't know. So like, High school times, do you feel like you took the hard route? Your wife what? says no. I didn't take the hard route? 
Depends on what you consider hard. I don't know. <clears throat> I don't know. I feel like the things I went through when I was a when I was a kid and stuff um, just pushed me to not try to do easy things and not like do what everybody else is doing. I guess mm-hmm. kind of thing. So I want I wanted to make my own path, and if I had to go the hard way, like it didn't. Like it was just a choice I I wanted to do, and I didn't care about how hard it was. Mm-hmm. You know, it just because I knew, like I always know that, you know, you can fail and overcome. So, just something I wanted to do, and that's what I did. I think that's pretty awesome. I always feel like I take the easy route. Like me and you are pretty opposite when it comes to that <laughs> side of things. Like I'm always trying to find the easy path. I don't know if it's I don't necessarily think it's out of laziness or something. I just think it's, I don't, I don't want it to be any harder than it needs to be. Well, I mean, that's, that's fair enough. Like nobody wants it to be harder than what it needs to be, but. But then I look at like our differences now, like you talk about molding into your photography world, uh, making it for you to focus and so on. And I have like the hardest time, you know, wanting to complete a task or learn a task or whatever. Yeah. Um, your way might, the hard way may be the better way. I mean, maybe not because if I take the hard way and there's an easy way to do it, then why not do it the easy way? You know, if, if you can, like there's, there's not always, it doesn't always need to be the hard way. It's just the, the way I chose. And mm-hmm. it just, I try to look at things like the best way I can. And then I make the best choice and it might not be the best choice for everybody, but it's the best choice for me. And that's how I learn, I guess. Uh, does some of that stem, like I've told you, I certainly won't twist your arm for you mm-hmm. to talk about anything that you don't want to talk about. We all have stories that we have to keep near and dear to ourselves. Um, but does that stem from a, a, a rougher childhood than most? Probably. Mm-hmm. I mean... I always, I always had to do things on my own and it may not be the best way or the easiest way, but it's the way I figured out how to do it. And it, even as a child. Yeah. Like I, like I didn't have a whole lot of guidance. So I was learning things on my own. I didn't have anybody hardly to teach me what to do. So I'm very much, uh, I, I don't like help. Like, I don't like asking people for help because I've always done things on my own and that's how I figure things out and that's how I get better. And it may be the hard route or maybe the easy route. I don't know. Compared to some people, people might take a harder route. I don't know. Um, but to me, it's the, I, I always try to just do it the best way I can. And if it's the hard way, then I'm fine with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, Kaylee, how do you think that, that little bit of, of Billy, helps the two of you in your marriage Ooh, tough question look at you (laughs) you're going you're deep diving deep diving here i feel like billy always he so i'm like the rash one i'm like the he levels me out and so i feel like he's constantly making me think things through and like i feel like he's made me a much better person than what i used to be i'm actually like i'm 
less emotional now than I used to be. Like I was emotional in a bad way. Like I would emotionally react to like anything like whether that's like good or good or bad emotions, but he's helped me to like think more and to like be more decisive on the decisions that I make and like actually think things through. Um, so I feel like, and he's helped me a lot, like just in my other relationships too. And like just being a more well-rounded person. Mm-hmm. Do you feel that? So I always think that, uh, you know, some military men or and or women, um, can come out a little, uh, stubborn or like hard-headed. Do you feel Billy has those moments? No, I feel like honestly for me, like what I don't understand about Billy is he's the most like, he's not really stubborn at all. He's just like a fun, easygoing, carefree. He wakes up happy. He's just in a good mood. Um, I feel like he's got the military look to him. Like you look at him and you're like, okay, yeah, like he was probably. Yeah, you look like you could pick me up and drop me on the head. You know, but like <laughs> yeah. if you didn't know him, like you wouldn't assume like, oh, like he was in the military. You know what I mean? Like he's just, it didn't, he's, I knew him before a little, but when we got together, he was in the military. But like even from like his first deployment to his second deployment, like he's not the same person, but he's still just like chill and relax and easygoing and happy, you know? So I don't really feel like he's, what did you say? <laughs> <laughs> I don't know worse. <laughs> I don't feel like That's he's, yeah. No, I got you. Whatever yeah. you said in the beginning, yes. he's not that. Yes. <laughs> he's not hard headed at all. Billy, not in the least. Do you, like my statement might be wrong, right? Mine comes from experience as far as people that I've known, you know, growing up or into high school or, or after that age, Mm-hmm. Um, that went off to the military, they came back a completely different person have never changed, never went back to even the slightest moment of themselves. Um, do you feel like you see that a lot? I'm sure things change people. Um, do I see that a lot with me or with other people? I would take either one of those answers. <laughs> or so, both. So... I've, I've known quite a few people that went into the military from where I went to school with, um, and the ones that I've had interactions with, um, not all of them, but most of them, like they have some sort of issues, um, whether it's PTSD or like physical issues. Um, so they're not the same person that I used to know. Um, and as far as me, like, I'm definitely not the same person I was, um, before I went in, but I feel like I'm a better rounded person. Like, I don't feel like, I don't have the issues that a lot of guys, um, have when they come out, which I'm grateful for. And I mean, I have my, I have my pain issues, um, as far as like my back and my knees and stuff, which is just, it comes with the territory, but I don't let that. I don't let that affect my day to day. Like, um, but as far as like, I'm still pretty carefree and fun and like all that, but I'm always hyper aware, which is something that I never was. Like I noticed things that I never would have noticed before. And I judge people's actions more and like what they're going to do because that's one of the, one of the things I had to do is always had to, watch people 
and see what they're, what they were doing. And I still do that, but it's not, I don't think it affects me, um, in a negative way. I think it's just, I think it's, it's normal to me and it doesn't cause any issues. And as long as there's no issues, then I don't see a problem with it. You, you certainly have never, we've never had the discussion of things you've actually seen, right? I just know that you've seen things that most people wouldn't want to see in life. Um, that was screw with a person, but you seem pretty level-headed like you've dealt with it in a, I don't know, quote unquote, correct manner. Is it just because of the person you are? Is there something you think you've done mentally to prepare yourself or you've walked out of the, the military and said, I, I can leave this behind me. I, I'm not going to let that, those memories affect me. Like mm-hmm. what, what works for you? And see, I don't, I don't know a hundred percent. Um, this is just a guess, but like as far as my childhood goes, like it's easy for me to like accept things that a lot of people can't accept. Um, and I think that's one of the biggest things that I did was I accepted the fact that like at any point in time I could die with my job. So I accepted it and I moved on and I accepted the fact that there might be bad things like being seen or like stuff that we might have to do. And I accepted it because it's war and like, that's what you got to do. Otherwise um, you'll drive yourself crazy. And that's when your brain will break and cause problems. You have to accept the facts of what it is and you have to move on. Um, Nobody wants to do anything bad. Nobody, nobody wants to do like anything they don't want to do, but sometimes you have to do things. And, um, people don't accept it and that's what causes the biggest problem. So I think I accepted it and I moved on. I let everything go and, um, just, that's kind of how I look at things. You can't, you can't dwell on them. It's stuff that you had to do. Like, you know, if you wake up in the morning and you have to go to work, you can't sit around and be all pissed off about it. You got to accept that fact and move on, you know, cause that's how you make a living. If you're not happy with it, then change it. I didn't, you know, I didn't want to stay in the military. And so I got out, you know, and that's just what you got to do because, um, a lot of people, uh, were like on eight, nine, 10 deployments, you know, and that's just, that's too much on people and that's going to cause all these issues. And, I wanted to get out before there was an issue that I couldn't fix. Is that the deciding factor for you to get out? Was there a moment? Is there a, is there an instance? Like, what was it that was like, ooh, I'm I'm done? Um, I think the biggest part was, um, Kaylee and my mom. Um, I think I would have actually stayed in if it wasn't for them, because I liked my job, I liked what I did, um, and I knew there was a risk of like something happening that I couldn't let go or I couldn't accept, you know, and, but I really liked my job. So I was, I was willing to risk it, but I wanted to come home. Like my mom needed me. Um, and I wanted to, I wanted to be done, you know, with, with everything and just kind of come home. 
Um, but I think if they if they weren't around, I would have stayed in for sure. Mm-hmm. Even it would have been it would have been very like mixed because I loved what I did, but also there's a lot of stuff that I didn't like, which is with any job. When you got out, is there a fear that they can recall you for so much time? Is that only work for? Is it is that is that a deal in what you were in, or is that only a deal on like National Guard side that they can call you back at some point? No, I was actually in. Um, I had a choice, so they they didn't tell me this, um, and I don't think they tell a lot of people this. But when you sign your contract, you're actually signed up for eight years, no matter what. Okay. So I signed up for three, and I got stop lost because it was about that time. So. Um, I was at a rapid deployment unit. And so what that was, was when I first got out of basic, I deployed instantly. Hmm. Um, and they had just gotten back from Afghanistan. So they were, they were back from Afghanistan. They were back for like six, seven months and they were gearing up to go to Iraq. So I went to Iraq. I came home. I was home for six to seven months and then I deployed again to Iraq. <clears throat> and so, um, I forgot the question. Oh, no, go ahead. Sorry, you were a chime in. Zip it. <laughs> uh, I asked you about your moment of when you decided you were going to get out. Oh, um, well, where was I going with what I was saying? <laughs> I don't know where you were you going. You were saying that you were stop-loss. <laughs> oh, like how long? Oh, the eight years. So when you oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. There we go. I forgot, yeah. I, I forgot what we were talking about. Sorry, so you're off track with Troy I tra- Yeah, I, yeah, yeah. I, I got off track with Troy. This is a perfect Troy. off track moment yeah. with Troy. <laughs> so... Um, we still don't know where we are. It's okay. I'm just trying to, I'm trying to think of where I was going with, uh, what I was saying. So you were told, yeah, no, I, I, I get it. But so like they tell you eight years. Um, well, they don't tell you that they, they told me after the fact. So when I got out, um, they gave me the option to do half of it because I did five and they said I could do half of what I had left, which was three years in the national guard and be done. Or I could do the full three in inactive reserves. So what I did was I chose the inactive reserves, which is just, um, they give me like a military counselor that just checks up on me, make sure I got a job, make sure I'm integrating with society the way that I should be. And then for that three years, they can call me back at any time if they need me. Hmm. Um, and there, I wasn't really afraid. Because I was going to ask if you that, that was fearful. No, not at all. Because... Um, like I said, I wasn't, I wasn't afraid of war. I was when I first got there, which is understandable like anybody. But like I said, I made peace with everything and I accepted the fact of what could happen in any situation. And it kind of, in a weird way, made me free of everything. And I felt like more alive than ever because I just didn't, it's not that I didn't care. It's just that I accepted everything and... Um, for some reason it was just like a big relief off my shoulders. And then I felt like I could truly live. It was weird. Can I ask you this? And again, I've told you, you're going to be like, no, I'm not going to talk about that. Um, like day one, like you're in Iraq and like the first time that you're actually in the thick of things that very first time, do you, do you feel like, are they prepared me for this? Or are you at that very moment somewhat lost? Um, I feel like... Do you remember never... that very first time? Like, first bat, Like, I don't know, battle. I don't know what you want me to say here. First time <laughs> you had to go out in some crazy sandstorm and... Well, I mean, there wasn't a sandstorm, but... 
Um, I don't think you're ever really fully prepared for anything like that. Mm-hmm. Like no matter how much you train, because with anything, it's like you can always have new things arise that you were never even thought about. So like that's with any job, you know, like you go out to photograph somebody and they might want like a brick wall. <laughs> Billy loves brick. <laughs> and so, and you know what I mean? So like you just adjust to the situation. Yeah. Like you didn't plan for a brick wall, but right. like they want you're a brick in the middle wall. of the woods and they're yeah. like, I want brick. Yeah. Uh, and you're like, okay. And then you make it happen. You know, right. you go to a different location, you adjust. And I think that's, they, they give you the basics hmm. and that's, that's it in basic training. They give you exactly what you need to know to function in a situation. And then when you get to your unit, they give you more, they, they go in depth more. Um, but you're never fully prepared for anything. And that's even, I mean, that's even back in, they call it garrison, like back on, like back home, back on base. Like I was stationed in Hawaii. So if I was back in Hawaii, there's stuff there, like, that's always new, always stuff new, like arising all the time. So you never know, like you just got to adjust to it. So they never train you. You can, I don't think you can ever have enough training. Yeah. I always think like, and me and you talked earlier, uh, like when I was asking you about, I mean, obviously when you have to fire amongst people or at people, you know, you talked about like them, you know, you being, uh, taught that they're the enemy, right. And so on. But that very first moment, like, was there any moment of you like freezing before you pulled a trigger for the first time? Or was it, this is what I have to do. It's just, I mean, it's something you have to do. Like if you're drowning, aren't you going to try to fight for air? You know what I mean? It's just kind of instinctual. That was pretty good. That was good. That was actually pretty good. You know what I mean? Like you don't think about it. It's, it's just something, it's a reaction, you know? And like some people, some people don't react some people, you know, get, get scared or, you know, like in any situation, they just don't know what to do and they just don't react. Um, even like some people might just drown because they're like, what do I do? Mm-hmm. Like, I don't know how to swim. What do I do? Did you, know you ever, I mean? <laughs> Kaylee raises her hand. Uh, did you ever feel during your time? Did you ever feel less human? No, 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 not at all. Because, um, it was, it, I mean, I don't, I don't know how to explain it, but no, I, I never did. I never felt like, I never felt like a bad person. I never felt like anything. I felt like me, you mm. know, I, I never felt any different, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I could ask you a million questions. <laughs> I know. But I don't, I don't want to. <laughs> uh, I, I look forward, hopefully that podcast sometime, right? But. I'm sure I'll continue to bring your military sides side of things back into this. Uh, Kaylee, I feel like I've oh, left she's you still out. here. I yeah, know. I feel like I've left <laughs> her out, so I'm gonna like I'm gonna give Billy a break, and I'm gonna bounce over to you. Oh, super! But every time I look at you, I just see this giant zit on your forehead. Can you leave my little third eye alone? <laughs> I just want to poke it. I mean, that's fine. No, poke I'm it. not gonna. People are probably like, "Wow, Troy's mean." Uh, I only pick I on people is. I love. I can take it. Yeah. Um. You got to spend some time in Hawaii, right? On I did. Uh, when uh, lovely Billy was stationed there. Yeah, we lived in Haleiwa. Yeah. Yep. That had to be fun. Yep. Five nine five zero six Hoaliki Road. 
Oh, I like she still knows the address. <laughs> I didn't even know it when we lived there. <laughs> That's pretty awesome. Uh, what was that like? Uh, amazing. Yeah? yeah Beach really every really day? No, actually. Uh, <laughs> sorry, Billy. Uh, Billy didn't like me going to the beach alone. <laughs> so I was a cute little housewife. Let me let me broaden the horizon. <laughs> yeah, on yeah defend yourself here. Okay, so when, when I first got to Hawaii, um, the locals don't really care for military people. Um, I think it dates back to like when we invaded their island and held their king captive and forced them to give this the island. They're still pissed about that, which is understandable. Which, understandable. Very understandable. Yeah. And so they don't take too kindly to the military people. Plus you got a bunch of young kids drinking and acting all kinds of crazy. Mm-hmm. And I'm sure they're kind of tired of it. Yeah. You know, after so many years, it's probably like, Okay, we get it. You're drunk and stupid. Get out of here. Yeah. So I kind of understand like that aspect. Um, but a lot of stuff went on. Like a lot of military guys would get jumped by um, the locals there for whatever reasons. Um, the first time I ever was shot at was in Hawaii. So um, I I didn't want her to be involved in a situation by herself. Mm-hmm. Um, I just was looking out for her safety. Because yeah. we were on base. We were off base. We were out into like the population, if you want to call it that. Um, and so, and the beach where we lived by was actually the first place I got shot at. So it was kind oh. of one of those things where like, don't go anywhere without me because I can protect you as much as I possibly You're a protector. can. You did yeah. say that in the very mm-hmm. beginning, You're a protector. I feel. Um, and he, I mean, he worked a lot, you know, but it was... I mean, I still loved it. We still, we did a lot of things. My parents came to visit. My sister came to visit. Um, and that was the first. And I had no problem with her going anywhere with them. It <laughs> was just okay, by so, herself. Okay. So he's not like a, he's not controlling in the least. Like our relationship, we don't control one another. Like so he didn't chain you to like a closet. No, door like I'm my gone. own person. He's his own person. We're going to do what we want to do. But I was 18, 19. 19. I was 19. I was just a little baby. And my dad trusted him to take care of me. So he was doing what he had to do to take care of me. So that was good. Um, But yeah, Hawaii was really, really good. It was the first time. So when we started dating, he was deployed and he was home on leave. And then he was deployed for 10 months. If I remember this story right, you guys like, I mean, like literally you guys like kind of hung out the night or two or something before he left. Right? Did I remember this right? Yeah, so he was, I think we hung out for, I think it was like five days. Five days, he and then he was like, leave. peace and out. Then I'm he, gone for 10 months. He was gone for 10 months. I didn't have a choice. <laughs> oh. Yeah, he's like, bye, see you later. No, <laughs> but, so he was home on leave, and then when he came home, he was home for a month, and it was November, I think, and then he went back to Hawaii, and then it was New Year's Eve, I moved to Hawaii. And so it was Mm -hmm. like our first, it's kind of scary if you think about it, like we weren't really even together physically that long and we're living together. So my parent, we had a safe word on the phone, pink elephant. So if I called home and I said that my parents were coming out to get me. (laughs) Did Billy ever know that? No. I mean, now. Did you know that I mean, before did you now? Know, did you know that oh, yeah, a safe I, word? I, she told me once before. Yeah, he knew that. Yeah. He knows about it now, but he didn't at the time. I think, see, I would toy with your parents now. You should call and see if they still remember the pink elephant and then hang up the phone. <laughs> <laughs> see Come if your parents me, show save up. Me, save yeah. me. They're probably like, uh, save yourself. It'd be like a good way to trick them into coming to see you. Truly. Yeah. That'd be really good. 
So he goes off for 10 months. You guys are together, blah, blah, blah. You end up in, that sounds really horrible, bad, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. That's fine, uh, that's fine. You end up in Hawaii. Uh, at some point, Billy tells you that, I just learned tonight that he loves you right before he gets on a plane to go somewhere. Yeah, so that was uh, when he, he came home for 10 months. Like, he was gone for 10 months. He came home for that whole month. And I had told him the I love you, and he ignored me. He didn't say it back. He heard, I know he heard me. Uh, but he ignored me. <laughs> I had to make sure. You did though, didn't you? You ignored me. I did. I think I said it twice. Do you like? Was it like I love you, Billy? Uh, first time I was like a little whisper. <laughs> I was like I love you. I love you. <laughs> and I might I not like, have heard it the first time. I was like, time. Yeah. maybe he didn't hear me. Um, second time he for surely heard me and ignored me, and I was like, oh man. And then we went to the airport in Cedar Rapids, and he was leaving, or maybe it was Des Moines, I don't know. But and he hugged me and told me that he loved me. In the airport, so. And you were waterworks. Uh, well, I mean, no, I was cool, calm, and collected until he was like on the. What do you call that little like skywalk thing? The tarmac or the, something like the bri- the, br- the the little the bridgeway bridge. thing. The yeah. I don't. What do they call it? I the don't know. The little remember. breezeway. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> he was on that, and I was like, I have no "Whoa!" Idea. People in the airport probably thought I was nuts. They're like, "What's wrong with that girl?" I just had to make sure. <laughs> I didn't yeah. want. I didn't want to throw it around just all willy nilly. Yeah, right. for sure. You know, and so I did ignore, which is, I don't know, it sucks. It's fine. To be ignored. Um, but I was I was just going over everything to see, you know, make sure. Because I didn't want to say sure it. We make sure a lot in our relationship. Yeah. We're not just going to make sure it's good before we commit to each other. Well, yeah. I mean, that just that just kind of goes back to, to my childhood. So I just want to make sure because I don't want to do anything that I regret. Mm-hmm. And this is a, that was a big decision because i've only told one other person like one other female that i loved her true and because i always make sure and that was the first girl i ever loved and then we broke up which is natural and she was the second person like that i dated like not dated altogether, but like second person that i fell in love with he dated a lot he dated a <laughs> lot i think we've talked about that once before too <laughs> billy got around but uh <laughs> poor billy yeah so yeah a little airport i love you cute yeah. cute uh, and then he's gone. Mm-hmm. And how do you deal with that? I shouldn't say how. How did you? I just live my life. You know. Yeah. Um, you you guarantee I would drop anything if my phone rang. Um, but yeah, just. Li- what live about my life. like earlier when we were talking and Billy says he's on the phone with you and there's like mortar shells going off in the background and he's got to hang up the phone and then you don't hear from him for a couple of days? Like what goes through your head? I mean, again, I was really young and probably naive to a lot of the things in the world, you know, so I, I don't really feel like I fully grasped what he was doing over there. Like I knew he was at war, sure, but it was like, I still talked to him on the phone, you know, so I don't think I truly understood what was going on, um, or the gravity of it. I did worry about him a lot. Um, and it, it was hard, but easy at the same time to be alone and not be with him. But I knew he was, you know, I knew he was coming back and I knew like, we had a couple like misconnections in high school. So I always kind of had a thing for him. So I was like, I'm waiting for you, mister. You know? <laughs> so it was like, I feel like it was, it was easy, but it was hard. You know, I feel like if I understood it more, it would have been a lot more difficult hmm. if I wasn't quite so naive. Did you know like other military girlfriends or slash wives? No, no. So you were just on your own. Just on my own. Doing your thing. Doing my thing. All right. Living my little life. What did you do when you worked, or like, did you work when you were in Hawaii? 
No. So I tried to get a job in Hawaii, but they don't like to hire non-local people. Well, you look Hawaiian. <laughs> yes, I do. I look very Hawaiian. Um, I tried to get some waitressing jobs, but nobody would hire me. So I was just, you know, Billy was just taking care of everything. Local strip club. <laughs> yeah, truly. They, they weren't interested. <laughs> <laughs> horrible. Horrible. <laughs> Rude. Yeah. Uh, all right. So you guys tell me that you love each other. And Billy says, you know, he didn't want to just throw that out there. And we talked at dinner about accepting and giving love. Mm-hmm. Can I can I make you touch on that for a little bit? Like what? What do you want to know? See, we should have recorded dinner conversation. Dinner was like that was some <coughs> great yeah. conversation. Yeah, Billy gave all, all the good stuff earlier when I wasn't. Recording. Well, no, if you, <laughs> I mean if you give me a specific, I can answer it. Um, hmm, I'm trying to think like what I can say that okay. would make you touch on what you said earlier. So as f- I think I know what you're getting at, and as far as love, like growing up. My dad had a really bad childhood. Um, his his dad ignored him his whole life um, and didn't care about anything that he did. Like when he went to Vietnam, they didn't even acknowledge him. But his other brother got all the love and acknowledged and everything. And uh, when he got out, they kind of kicked him to the curb. And uh, <clears throat> he was homeless. Uh, and he ended up traveling to Iowa um, and met my mom in Cedar Rapids and my mom also had a really terrible life. Um, also where her parents, um, didn't love her at all and neither one of them really knew what love was. And so, um, I didn't really have like the greatest handle on love, but kind of what I said was, I don't think love is something that's taught. It's instinctual. So like, if you never, if you never know love, like it's not that like, my parents didn't love me; they did the best that they knew how, um, and it's the, it was their way of of showing it. Just like everybody has a different way of showing their love on on like things that they do or things that they say, and so I think just when I, when I met Kaylee, like I wanted to make sure that it was real and what I was feeling was real because, um if you like find a dog or like a cat or something like that, you just, you have like, you feel something that you might not know what it is, but you kind of analyze it. And that's your, that's your definition of love. And everybody has their own way of like showing it and feeling it. Some people are more emotional. Some people are more guarded. And I think that's just how either you were raised or just how you naturally are. Was your mom a hugger? Um, not, not too much. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad wasn't too much of a hugger either. Um, it was more like, so like when I see Kaylee with her parents, you know, like they're hugging and like they, they're, you know, they, they're a normal family in my, in my mind. Um, mm-hmm. so my mom, what's that? Very touchy feely. <laughs> yeah, you know what I mean. Like it's it's just normal. It's it's how I assume a family should be. But with the way my parents were both raised, um, it was it was hard for them to do that kind of stuff because they didn't either know or they didn't um, with what happened they didn't want to like 
touch a child in the wrong way or something. You know what I mean? Cause like my mom had a really rough past and she never wanted to do anything to harm me or, um, give off, um, the implication that, you know, like she might be like doing something wrong and have her kid taken away. Cause I was her life. I was the only thing that she's ever loved in her entire life that wasn't taken from her. Um, and she was always afraid that I'd be taken from her. So they do did you the feel best. like you get your protectiveness from your mother then? I think I get it from my mother in a different way than what you're thinking. I get it from protecting her from everything. And, uh, because she didn't, she didn't really know much of the world. Um, she, so a little background, um, just very little. She, uh, was abused from the time she was like eight probably until she was 34 and she was locked in a room, um, and treated as a white slave. She raised most of the kids. She has 13 brothers and sisters and, uh, she was beat with everything you can think of. Like her and my grandpa was six, nine and like 300 and some pounds, like big dude. And he would beat her like, he would a guy at a bar um, hmm. to the point where like a lot of the other kids thought she was dead. Um, <clears throat> so I tried to protect her from everything because of that. It's mm-hmm. fair enough. Yeah. Um, your, your, your mom's brothers and sisters are, do, are you guys close? Uh, no, no, just you and mom. I'm not close with uh, any of my family, really. Mm-hmm. Um, my dad's side, I don't know any of them, really. Um, met him a few times. Didn't care for him. Um, my mom's side, like, there's some that I like. There's some that are, I feel like they're decent, but they went through their own stuff. And I'm sure, like, it might not have been as bad as my mom's, but I'm still sure, I'm sure it's still traumatizing to mm-hmm. witness you know, like, because they looked at her as their mother because she was raising them. Uh, is your mom the oldest out of the kids? Did She's you? the middle. Middle, okay. So she had older brothers and I think older sister and the rest were younger. Um, and she did all the stuff for them and the older ones too. Um, where it was like, they would be at school and be like, we have a maid. Because they didn't see her as a sister. Hmm. They didn't, they didn't. Like hardly any of them uh, recognized her as a sister. Um, it was either mother or like a maid. Hmm. I always, when I hear things like that, I always try to. I, I wish I could wrap my my brain around like what clicks in what you would be your grandfather's brain uh, to treat somebody that way, right? Like I don't, I don't, he was I don't just, know if I can get grasp it. He just, he's not a good person. And is he still around? No, no. Okay. Um, the the most fucked up thing. Oh, can we swear? Yeah. Okay. <laughs> yes, you can. Okay. I, I assumed. I assumed yeah. this wasn't PG. Yeah, yeah. No, it's not at all. <laughs> so the most fucked up thing, in my opinion, was my mom forgave them for everything. Hmm. That says something about my mom, because I would not. Is your mom a religious person? Yes, she tries mm-hmm. to be as much as she possibly right. can, um, with what she understands, because she doesn't have an education. She doesn't know anything about the world. Well. She's she's learned more and more every time, but I helped her with that growing up. Your mom's how old now? Um, she was born in 1950, so she was 69. Right. Yeah. And 
I've had to help her my entire life with, with everything. I've had to help teach her and stuff like that. Um, so what was the question again? I always get off track. Oh man alive. That's <laughs> well, that's plug. the name of the show. <laughs> hey, um, I think you were talking about your mom forgiving. Oh yes. yes. So she forgave them for everything. And for quite a while, I loved my grandpa. He was nice. He was a good guy to me. Hmm. Um, I would go over there and he would, I would, I would call him the giant and, uh, he would put me on his shoulder and I'd get cookies and stuff. And then I found out who he really was and I cannot, I still fucking hate him to this yeah. day and my grandma, all both of them. I find, uh, I mean, for, it's easy for me to have an opinion here, right? Cause it's not my mom, uh, or, yeah. or my family, but I certainly find, uh, some, I don't know. I don't know if I know the right word. I, I have a hard time with forgiveness. Yeah. And, and to hear your brief bit about your mother's upbringing and then her being able to forgive somebody, I think, you know, for me, it's more about hope. I think I hope that someday I can forgive some people. I think if your mom can forgive somebody for that heinous of a life or treatment, like I should be able to probably forgive just about anybody. Good luck. Yeah, <laughs> I'll take I'll take the luck. Yeah, because yeah. I I'm not that big of a person. I don't think I can I can forgive. I don't know if that shapes you as a you know like when somebody says oh he's a stand up or he's a you know whatever I don't think that I think you have every right to feel the way you do. I I think, um, I I could never forgive them. I know it didn't happen to me, but anybody to do that to a small child and the stuff that she went through that I know of. Mm-hmm. And the stuff that I don't know of, right? That's unforgivable, in my opinion. Your I don't mom know. Mom should write a book. We've talked about it, and she can't. Um, she's still dealing with it. Yeah. Um, and it's a struggle to always have to relive it every single day. Um, and I don't know if writing a book is the best thing, but we've yeah. talked about it, and. She, she don't think people will believe what happened to her because mm. some of it's that bad or like, cause they, I mean, they told her like throughout her years that nobody believe her, like don't tell anybody, you know, that kind of brainwashing Your mom's been shit. Bra- brainwashed by yeah. 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 And well, the best part was, is all the so-called men in her town, um, sat by and just let it happen because they were terrified of my grandpa and her brothers because they were, I mean, they were big guys. They were loggers. They were, they were all big. Yeah. Um, but do you get your size from your mom's side then? Or is your dad a big guy too? My dad was about my size, but he wasn't right. like, he wasn't muscular. Like, you know what I mean? Like he just, just normal. Hmm. Um, I didn't, Billy was like 150 pounds, like all through high school and yeah, like tiny. the military did that to him. I feel I, I mean, was the 150 gym pounds him, in like uh fourth grade, <laughs> <laughs> mm. but yeah, there, I mean, some of my uncles are kind of short, but, um, a lot of them were like six foot something, you know, and like big burly guys. Um, and they were, they were kind of crazy. You know, you kind of had to be growing up in that household and, uh, uh people were terrified of them. Um, the cops in town were scared of them. And so nobody did anything. They just allowed that to happen. 
you know, mm-hmm. and I can't, I can't forgive that either. Cause that's as, I don't know, as a person like me, if I saw that, I would do everything in my power to stop it, you know? So again, I don't know a lot, right. Mm-hmm. But like, um, generally when you hear these stories, people don't turn out the way you've turned out. <laughs> Truly. I think about that all the time. Like, yeah, Billy's been through like so many things in his lifetime and it's amazes me every day, like how well adjusted and like what a good person he is, even after everything that he's been through and then like his upbringing and then the military. Like, I just don't know how, how are you the way you are? I don't get it. <laughs> well, I don't know either. Just And that's what I was going to ask you. Like, what like how yeah. like how Please how have you become uh, it, it 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 is incredible like i think it's just um i don't know exactly but i feel like once you start doing things your your brain and your body's amazing thing and like you just adapt and you find ways of coping and some people can't because they can't accept the stuff that happens. And one thing I've been telling my mom is she needs to talk about it because if you hold it in, like it, it gets worse for some people. And Absolutely. she's the type of person that needs to talk about it and make it real so she can move on. I can do that with my, I don't, not with myself, but like I can do that in my own brain. Like I can move on and get past it. I don't really need to talk about it. Um, but I feel like she does and I've been working with her. She's been talking to me and then I've been telling her to talk to her, um, counselors or whatever she needs to to talk to. And that's been helping her more. Um, they've been getting her on the proper medication, um, helping her with things that she needs to work on because that was one of the biggest problems I had when I was a kid was, they didn't know how to treat her. They didn't know what to do with her. They've never had like to deal with something like that, I guess. Mm-hmm. And so their only option was let's pump her full of fucking drugs. Right. So she came and raised her child. The American way. Yeah. Because mm-hmm. my mom was a very loving and caring person, which I don't know how, like you guys don't understand me. I don't understand how she forgave. I don't understand how she never laid a hand on, on me, even though that's the only kind of pretty much love that she knew she never did anything to hurt me. Hmm. Um, she was always very caring. Um, and I didn't realize it when I was young, I didn't understand it because it wasn't what I was seeing or what I thought was supposed to be love. Um, and I didn't understand, but she overcame a lot and she was never a negative, like a mean person. Um, but the thing that, that, was messed up was I spent a lot of my childhood without a mother because they would just dope her up. Mm-hmm. They had her on pills to do this and this and this to cope with it, which is freaking understandable with that life. You know, right. like I completely understand now when I was a child, I didn't, I just thought my mom was weird, you know, yeah. like a child does. Which How old were you when you found out the things your mom went through? Various ages. I found out little bits and pieces throughout my life. Um, she had really bad nightmares. She talks, she would talk in her sleep. So, um, excuse me. Um, it just, I don't know. It just started coming up different times. And then I got older and I started understanding more and, uh, she started telling me more that way I could understand her better. Hmm. So 
Is she telling you these things before your dad passes or, or after or all over. B- bits and pieces? Yeah. yeah. Um, my dad helped me understand a lot too, because, um, he was, he was good to her, but he had his own problems from the war and, uh, just his childhood too. Hmm. So like my dad was kind of like me. Um, he was easygoing. Um, he was fun to be around. Nice guy. Um, when he wasn't drinking. Um, but he had a lot of demons, I guess some would call it, or just things he couldn't cope with. Um, and alcohol coped with him or helped him cope in negative ways. And he thought that was the answer a lot of times. So, um, I don't know. That's, that's kind of route he went and then he would turn into a completely different person. Hmm. Um, and neither one of us liked him. And he passed away when you were how old? 18. 18. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, probably my last question for, for this part of your, 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 your story here. D- does your, does your mom, has your mom had any contact with like the other brothers and sisters? Oh, all the time. She absolutely loves them. She so I have contact with them too. Um, it's not that I I hate them all. Um, it wasn't their fault. I just don't know them, or I don't want to get to know them. I guess it's more on me than them. Um, but I just don't. I just don't want to interact. Um, but she talks to her brothers and sisters, and she wants me to get to know them. I just. <laughs> I just don't want to like uh family Thanksgivings. I mean, like I used to do that stuff, um, because my mom wanted to, and I always wanted to please her mm-hmm. and make her happy. Um, but I never enjoyed them. Um, and then there was a situation where my mom's like terrified of water and they like forced her onto this ride at like Adventureland or something that had water. And she was like terrified and like it brought up a lot of stuff and it pissed me off. And so I choose not to be around them anymore. Yeah. And, no, I can uh, understand that. She, she forgave him like she does. Um, I would love to have a podcast with your mom just on forgiveness. Um, yeah, I don't know how she does it. It would be pretty interesting. Um, I'd like to just sit with your mom and have her walk me through. She doesn't have to tell me anything. <laughs> yeah. Not a thing. It's but interesting. If she could just tell me how she finds forgiveness in people. She, so I'd like to hear that. She's kind of like Kaylee as far as the emotion. Like she, she's very like, she can very empathetic, I guess. Is that a word? Mm -hmm. She can sympathize and she can feel other people's feelings. So like if you're sad, she can pick up on that and she's sad for you for no reason. Mm -hmm. She doesn't even know why, but she'll be sad with you. Um, and just like, I feel like Kaylee does that with like weddings and stuff. Like she puts herself in the bride's position because she knows what it's like. She knows like the love she felt at our wedding and stuff. And that, um, you know, she gets teared up and stuff. And my mom's the same way. Like she'll like read like something in the paper and it'll make her cry where it's just like, why are you crying? She's like, because it's sad or whatever, you know, it's like. I don't, I'm not that way, but I had to be, I guess I had to be harder. Yeah. You know, I had to make sure that I was the strong one for everybody. So 
That little boy is in every side inside of every one of us, Billy. You well, just haven't let him out. Little boy. That little boy that'll cry. Oh yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. But I start my morning with that little boy. <laughs> <laughs> I kick on some Ellen videos or something. Oh, we love yeah. Ellen. Or like uh some military guy coming home and surprising his family and I'm oh just waterworks gosh. for the first yeah. fifteen minutes of my day. So yeah, I personally think crying's probably a lot of like th- therapeutic. I'm I'm sure it is. Yeah. Um there's nothing wrong with it. It's just let those feelings out right through your eyeballs, yeah. Billy. Yeah. You just let it yeah, drip let it down go. Yeah, let it flow. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. What's that like for you two then? Like, <sighs> I think Lisa and me both share a similar uh, emotional, you know, whatever. Uh, she probably cries more in front of me than I do in front of her. I, I tend to hide that from her. Um, but I also think that sometimes like our emotions are different and it's probably a problem for the two of us. So like you being like emotional and you being, I'm not going to say you're closed off. That's not what I mean. No, right. Like, but like, I'm, you're, not, I'm like not. you're not overly emotional or like you don't show your emotion. Does that cause issues for you guys? So it's not so much. I don't show my emotion. It's when she's sad. Like sometimes like you can, you can pinpoint when it's like, leave me alone. I just want to be sad. And then there's times where nothing needs to be said and she just needs a hug. Mm-hmm. I can, I can, do that. That's not a problem. It's not that I don't have the emotion. It's just, I don't show it. Like I feel bad for her. If like something happens, like, you know, she was looking forward to something and it fell through and she was real sad. I don't know if that's a great example, but like, (laughs) you know, like something, something happens. Like I feel bad for her and I just don't, I don't cry and I don't get like, I, I just don't get real emotional because I don't, I try not to let emotions, dictate my decisions because when you when you start making decisions out of emotions you might be making the wrong decision because you're being driven by your emotion and it might not be the best thing for you so i try to i try to not let emotions take over and i try to i always try to make a logical decision whether um because i look at both sides of everything and I just try to like make the best decision I possibly can. And I don't want to be driven by emotion because some, like a lot of times emotions is what screws you over. Yeah. I would say that I'm probably a little bit, or some days I'm like Kaylee. I, I, I would definitely let emotion steer me in a direction very quickly. Yeah. So like if we have, you know, if there's like a bad client or something or like it's better to not be like, Oh, screw you. You know, it's better to just take a breath let it all go and handle it like an adult responsibly, you know? And that's kind of what I'm saying is like, you don't want to just jump the gun. And I guess like when I get emotional, like if I get mad, I don't talk, I leave. And that's that something used to drive me crazy. So the, like, it still drives somebody I know crazy. Yeah. Like just talk to, like, what did I do? You know, but mm. he's always said like, he doesn't want to say something to me that he's going to regret. Because, you know, just like, just like me, we're good with words. Like we, we joke around, you know, and we yeah. can, we can hurt feelings bad if we want oh, to. Oh yeah. Yeah. And I used to think that was my God given gift. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I, you know, I don't want to do that. I don't want to be like, yeah, whatever, you know, and just speak out of emotion. I'd rather leave and come back where I can talk normal and not say something I'm going to regret that I don't mean, 
but I said because you can't take it back once it's said. It's there. It's been right. said. You know what I mean? So my side of things being um, diagnosed bipolar and depression and, and, and chemical imbalance, like sometimes I don't know if I exactly know what I'm saying. So Lisa probably lets me get away with a little bit more than most. Yeah, she, uh, she seems like she it. She seems like it yeah. as she sits over there. Uh, but there's definitely times that I've said things that, you know, you yeah, you can't take it back. And Lisa probably forgives more so than most um, but I also don't know if it's always really me speaking. Right. So there's definitely times where I've left, um, and I take a drive, but when I get home, I don't want to talk. I just want to be done. I just don't even want to talk about it at that point. I just go to bed. Tomorrow's a new day. Yeah. I'd like to try to talk about it and work it out and, um, find a solution mm. so it doesn't happen again, or we can move on from it that way. There's no resentment or any any of that, you know, stuff that may or may not occur. Um, I just I just want to make sure that I'm making the right, excuse me, decision, mm-hmm. because, like like I said, you can't take it back once it's been said, and I don't want to I don't want to hurt her in a way that can't be forgiven. Yeah. So. Yeah. Um, Kaylee, we've talked about. Uh, the mental side of things, depression and so on Yeah. between ourselves. And I think family, mm-hmm. um, can I, can I have you kick that off? Can we, can we chat about that? Yeah, we can chat about okay. it. Okay. Perfect. All right. We're both really happy right now. Super duper <laughs> Yeah. Um, I'm pretty good at faking, faking it. Yeah. I mean, except for at home, <laughs> right? Yeah. <laughs> Billy sees through it. Oh yeah. I don't know if Lisa sees through it or not. For me, I don't know that I so much even try to fake it anymore. I wish I could with Billy more, but I just like, I feel like at home and like with him, I'm actually able to be myself. And even though that's not always the best person, sorry, Billy. <laughs> um, Billy. <laughs> I mean, I'm not bad all the time, no. um, but I definitely get in like funks and stuff like that. And I do have a history of depression in my family. My grandma was schizophrenic and my dad has depression. Um, and I've, I've never been diagnosed. I went to the doctor one time for it and they kind of just fluffed me off. So I'm like, well, whatever, then I won't the go The other back. American way of handling. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, there's nothing wrong with you. Because I don't really have, for me, I think it's completely biological. I don't have any, I had an amazing childhood. I have amazing family. Um, I've never dealt with death except for my dog. You know what I mean? I've never like, I've never had any traumatic experiences. So there's no reason for me to not be happy all the time. And so when I told them that they were just like, Oh, okay. Like you're fine. Like here's some vitamin D you have a vitamin D deficiency. (laughs) Um, go out in the sunlight, (laughs) right? Leave your house once in a while. Mm. You'll feel better. Um, so yeah, but I do, I mean, I struggle with, I don't wake up happy. I wake up really crabby most days I feel like and it takes me a while to like to get there do you feel like it's waking up crabby or it's waking up like truly like uh (laughs) unhappy depressed like unsure of why you feel the way you do I feel like there's a a big difference between crabby and like yeah feeling something's not right I mean I call it crabby you know it's fair um but it's it's probably the latter or the 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 litter the latter the whatever you just said it's probably that sure um it's just, I struggle with it because I don't know why I feel the way I feel. And I wish I did. I wish I could just be like Billy and be like, oh, I'm, he wakes up and he's in a good mood <laughs> every day. 
And I feel like what you're saying would be, yeah, like me saying, it's it's hard to not be able to fix something. Yeah. Yeah, when you have like uncertainty of why, like I can't pinpoint why I feel the way I do, but I know I feel the way I do. Yeah, exactly. Like I have, like I have literally no reason. Like I'm, I have a good career and I have a good life and I have a great family and I have great friends and so there's really no reason for me to feel this way a lot of the times, but I do. What does Billy do when those moments happen? What What does a Billy do? Billy, what does Billy do? Would you like to weigh um, in on that? <laughs> I just I just do other things. <laughs> I just let her I just let her be. Um, let her work it out for herself. If she needs me, she knows I'm there. Um, but I know I know what to do in situations because, um, like going back to my mom, like my mom had severe depression my whole childhood and stuff. So I I knew what to look for, what, like what I should step in on and what I shouldn't, and just leave her alone. So um, a lot of times, what I do is just go do something else mm-hmm. and leave her be let her come out of it herself and then she'll be like okay i'm acting silly like i'm back normal you is know that what I mean? how like, kaylee handles it do you just check yourself or do you do do you take 12 deep breaths and you turn a circle <laughs> billy tells me to take deep breaths when i get upset yeah um i don't know it just when you're when you're feeling that way and when you're upset like that you're you're kind of like I don't want to say like blacked out, but like sometimes I get mad and I'm like so mad that I, I realize it after the fact or or during, but I'm so far into it. You know what I mean? That I just like, do you know what I mean? I I absolutely know what you mean. Yeah. Um, I'm sure there's people that probably don't understand what we mean. Yeah. But, and I'm able, I, I am capable of realizing like you're being silly, like you're being ridiculous and you need to stop. Um, and sometimes I'm able and sometimes I'm able to just like knock it off. Mm-hmm. And then sometimes I just can't. So I don't, it just takes time, I guess. Um, uh, you don't seek any therapy for that now. No, you're just self self medicating yourself, <laughs> self medicating myself. Sure. Um, I mean, I openly like talk to my mom about it and my parents and stuff and like they know and, you just, I don't know, you just deal with it, I guess. I feel like unless I'm, like, very adamant. I went to the doctor for the first time. I think it was last year, and that's when they said it might have been two years ago. I don't remember. Um, but that's when they gave me the vitamin D, which didn't help. <laughs> um, and did I'm you just, try it? I did. I took yeah. it. But I'm just, like, kind of discouraged on going back, and I'm like, do I even need to medicate? Or, like, I'm, am I, I'm not that severe. You know, it's not that bad, but it's still enough – to kind of be an issue like Billy always says like he's like you're you're great in public <laughs> and then like sometimes when I'm at home I'm just not so great or I'm like no I get that I am very easily irritated I'm very easily and little things annoy me and get to me and upset me so I'm kind of hard to deal with <laughs> <laughs> yeah my poor wife's probably sitting over there like oh yeah <laughs> I get how Billy feels. But I don't understand. Like, I mean, I wish I could fake it better for him, but sometimes it's just so exhausting just trying. I think that's the one thing that, uh, so I can go, I mean, my depression gets pretty severe. Um, severe, severe enough that like it, it scares, it scares me sometimes, you know, I think I have the right tools to make it through that day, but, um, that's, that's always a scare for me. Uh, but I can literally, you know, click 
to if 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 you guys walked up to me and I was having I could be as happy as could be, but the minute you walk away, the minute your back is to me, I'm right back to like uh, whether or not I'm gonna make it through the end of that day or not. Right. right. Like, and I think that it's easy for me to be that person around Lisa, or my mom and dad, uh, or my brother or something because they've dealt with it long enough that like it's easy for me to just let go and and still run through my depression in front of them. What I don't understand is uh, I get that like I'm faking that emotion quickly in front of people to, to hide what I, what I'm really doing, but I don't get why I can't turn that into like a realism. Yeah. Mm. And I, I like, I feel bad that, I mean, cause I, I, I mean, if I'm going to lash out on somebody, it's Billy or my mom, I'm usually like pretty good with my dad, mm. but I just don't understand like why why I can't do Cause I'm like other, I mean, for the most part, I'm like a bubbly. I get a lot. People yeah, call yeah. me bubbly. You're pretty bubbly. <laughs> you know? And like for the most part I am, but some days it's just hard. You danced at, at a restaurant tonight to yeah. a jig. It's like one the, or it's one extreme or the other. Right. I feel. But I feel like even my bad, like my lows aren't that low. Mm-hmm. No. Am I right? No, They're not that it's low. not I'm like, I'm not severely depressed. I don't. It's you just n- get down. Yeah. It's natural. It's normal, Billy says. Yeah. I mean, everybody gets down. Well, sure. Um, I I mean, I don't. Billy's really <laughs> helped me, like, <laughs> aren't you so great? Which is crazy um, to me, Billy, because you face, like, such a yeah, like, he should shit be, deal. Yeah. Yeah, and, he should and, be me. Right. Like, it's, 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 it's not a shit it. deal, because I don't look at it as a shit deal. Yeah. I look at it as my mom and dad did the best that they could with what they were given in life. They got a shit deal. They had it way worse than I did. I don't, I don't, I don't sit around and I don't think poor me. I think I had an opportunity to go through some stuff that, you know, I didn't understand when I was a child and, um, now I do. And I had, I just had a different life. I, I, I get to look differently at things. Um, I get to understand people that might not feel like they're understood. Um, and then the military was my choice. I knew what I was getting into. I accepted what I got into. Um, I don't ever regret it, and I don't ever um, get down about anything that went on. It was, I mean, it's it's war. Like, what, I mean, what else can you say, you know? Like, war is not said, pretty. Like, and you said, like, you know, you don't sit around and think about, like, poor me. Yeah. But I think there's, like, there's people that have poor me, and no. there's people that have, like, they don't understand why they feel the way they do. No, I get that. Mm-hmm. Um, what I'm saying is, I mean, I don't, I just don't let myself do that. Um, and that's, that's just me. I'm not trying to speak on anybody else um, whatsoever. And I'm not trying to put anybody else down. Yeah, but you're like a unicorn in this situation. Truly. I like, mean, most people in your situation, I think would have been abusing alcohol or drugs to, to, to mask what they know about their parents' shitty life even. Even if it was your life was fine, the things you carry, the the inventory that you carry for mom or, or for dad or for you know your, your, what your grandparents did, and then go to war, there should be, in my mind, I, I it's hard for me, it's just incredible for me to be across from you and you be the person that you are. <laughs> so if we could take that, if we could jump into your brain and figure out how you tick, mm-hmm. it'd fix the world. Yeah. I mean, possibly. I don't know. I, I, I don't understand it. Am I right? Um, You're right. right. That's like, woo. Maybe 
I feel like Billy has this, an amazing. Billy needs to write a book. And Billy needs to write a book. <laughs> Billy write a book. I don't I'll know. Read I don't. It. I'm never good with punctuation. <laughs> I'll help you. Uh, I send the emails. Um, <laughs> Love it. <laughs> but uh, Billy, I don't know. He's like my own little therapist. Mm-hmm. He helps me through things. He talks me through things. He he's helped me to like handle my stuff better and to make better decisions and stuff like that. Um, and I feel like that's kind of his gift. Like he's an excellent listener and he's also extremely logical and he's able to like kind of help solve your problems. Not everyone takes his advice, myself included, Nope. Uh, <laughs> but he gives incredible advice and yeah. he's very like insightful about most all things. And so I, I do feel like you're right about him. Yeah, I think, uh, and, and I've told you this, that like I think the more open you would ever be willing to be about whether it's your childhood or, or your, your military time, that it would heal other people, right? And, yeah. and so maybe you're not a protector. Maybe you're more so a healer. Maybe you're a little bit of both. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah. Maybe we should like... Uh, Maybe instead of me, like maybe I should like have a like a what do I want to say like a seminar. Like, come listen to Billy. Yeah, I yeah. mean, that's just I, I get fifty percent of the door. <laughs> <laughs> I get twenty five. So, so like fifty cents. <laughs> I don't know, man. You're pretty brilliant. Yeah. Um, you've you've dealt with a, a fair share of craziness in life, and you certainly have come out of this thing uh, in in pretty good spirits. I just I don't know. I think. Uh, I think the biggest thing is, is I just, I let everything go. Like, I don't, like, I know that sounds weird because I'm like, I hate my grandparents and I hate, you know, like all that. And I, I say that because of who they are, but like the things that I just, I don't know. I try to let things go, but sometimes you got to hold on to some things. And like, I think whatever they did is unforgivable, but I try to, to let things go and not dwell too much on them because I don't I honestly like I say that but I don't give them a second thought unless they're brought up unless something's brought up I forget completely that they even exist are you a God-fearing man I have my own beliefs in in God and uh, I I don't I don't think about God in like a way where you go to church and you listen to someone interpret their their thinking on God. I like to make my own thoughts and my own um, assumptions. Do you feel like you get any strength for this from from that from from uh, you know from a religious standpoint? I don't. So this is going to sound weird, but I don't look to God to solve any of my problems. I don't call for Him to help me um i think he's got too much other stuff to worry about than the little things that i'm going through like because what my mom went through like she survived she's a functioning human like she's not in prison she's not a drug abuser she's a she's if you if she had the education you would know nothing about her life Hmm. you know what i mean like you can kind of tell like something like she's not very educated um, which, you know, going through what she went through is understandable, but I don't, I don't know. I don't, I don't like to turn to him unless it's something huge. 
you know, because like if he owes me any anything, which he doesn't, you know, and he's looking at me, I want it to be for something that could make a difference and not just be like, oh, hey, like I'm having a problem today. You know what I mean? Like, what I about while you were in the military? Like, did you turn to God when you're out in the middle of a battle? No, no. I, like I said, I don't like. I just, I deal with stuff, and I don't like. I don't. I just don't like calling him out for like things. You know, there's like I said, there like even though I'm going through whatever, there's still people that are way worse off. Like, you know, people who are been shot and almost dying who might call out for him. Like people who've been, you know, blown up, um, you know, or people that are going through a rough time, they might, that might be what they need to get them through the day. It's just not what I need Mm -hmm. and not what I want to do. I want like one of the biggest things with the VA is I didn't get in touch with the VA and go through anything because I didn't want to clog up the system any more than what it already was because there's other people out there who have severe problems, severe injuries that I might be taking something from. And I don't want to take anything from them. And I know I've had people say, well, you earned it. But it's like, I don't want to be that person that takes something away from somebody who needs it more than I do. Because I don't think I need it as far <laughs> as, like, you know, I, I have all my limbs. I, I, you know, I have a little bit of back problems. I have knee problems. Um, I get, you know, bad headaches sometimes. Um but there's somebody out there that, you know, is in a wheelchair who can't function in life because of what happened to them. And it just seems my problems seem minimal than what they are. So I don't, I don't try to ask God for anything unless I'm in a real bad situation. Cause if he, if he's ever going to do anything for me, I want it to be when I need it the most and not when I need it just at that second. Kaylee, what's your standpoint? I've actually thought about this since the last time we talked and I spent the week with my parents and my dad and I talked too. but when I think about, so I'm not, I don't go to church. I'm not what I would consider a religious person at all. But when I do like, like Billy said, like call for people or, you know, I don't, I don't necessarily call for God or talk to God, but I'll talk to like family members. I think that's fair. You know, like I'll be like, Oh, Hey, yeah. You know, grandma, (laughs) You know what I mean? That's more, I'm yeah, more like, spir- put in a word for you. Yeah. More like spiritual in that sense where like I do talk to like family members who have passed, like not necessarily that I've even met them, you know, but like my grandma Eleanor, for example, I, you know, I will talk to her. Um, but I don't, I agree. I think, I think we have people watching out for us. Yeah. I, f- I feel that yeah. I f- like, I definitely feel that. And I will talk like th- I guess so I'm more spiritual and less religious. I think you guys make me feel bad for how long, how much I talk to God. <laughs> no, don't. <laughs> like, like, hey, man, I'm sorry. I, no. I, I, now I should have talked to you last night. No, Billy no, no. told me I shouldn't. Nope. Don't, don't feel <laughs> no. bad. I, um, I think it's perfectly okay for someone to, you know, talk to God whenever they need to. That's, mm. that's how they deal with things. Definitely. And I think that's 100% perfect for them. I just wasn't like I wasn't raised in a church like we didn't go to church when I was a kid. My dad um, was raised extremely religious and he kind of like resents that a little bit, I think. And so he didn't want to put that on us. Um, So it's just not the way that I was raised. I wasn't raised like, you know, like we would pray before dinner, like religiously. (laughs) That's funny. Um, (laughs) But like we would pray before dinner Uh and like, 
you know, but we weren't, we didn't go to church and Mm -hmm. we weren't. I would like to pray before every dinner, but I never really know how to or what to do. So when our little photography things are together, you've probably heard me or like Dave Jr. or somebody say like prayer or whatever. Oh, sure. That's my favorite moment. Yeah. Well, and we wouldn't like pray and like say thanks. There was like a specific prayer that yeah, we would read like, and i can't yeah, remember what it, like, bounty something bounty yeah, i don't I remember I what you're talking about yeah. yeah i always hate when i met somebody's family that does like the prayer where it's like you know thank us for this food we eat and blah, and like almost yeah. rhymes and i'm over there and i'm just like <laughs> <laughs> hoping nobody's looking at me like why does troy not know that prayer um but my family we you just prayed right yeah. you just talked about whatever was on your mind what you were thankful for yeah. and all that yeah. stuff yeah i think if you just talk to him normal like i don't think he's got like a certain way you need to approach him. Yeah. I think yeah. if you got an issue and you need to talk to him, it's just whatever you got to say, he's going to, he's going to hear you mm. and he's going to make, he's going to help you, but in his own way and you might not see it right away. Yeah. Uh, Billy, I, I hope this is okay for me to ask you this. Um, so if it's not, you just don't have to answer me. Right. Okay. I'll just cut this part out. All right. Um, how, how many people didn't make it home from your, uh, time, uh, people that served like with you, your, what your platoon or your your unit. Am I calling it the right thing? Um, so the guys that I was real close to, um, everybody made it home. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Um, everybody make it home. Uh, in the health, good health. I, am I, I um, make sure I word that correctly? Well, my buddy. My buddy Eric, he he's got some like health issues, but as far as the war, like walking away from it, like he was fine. Mm-hmm. But the the stuff came like f- later on. All right. Um, as far as everybody, um, there was some close calls and stuff like that, but everybody made it out um, safely. Um, but. Like a lot of other people didn't that I knew. Mm-hmm. And, uh, but everybody that I went there with, the close group that I was with, uh, they all came home. All right. Well, I certainly, uh, thank God for that. Yeah. Me yeah, too. Yeah. 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 What, uh, what's it like there when you're back at base and they bring in a couple people that passed away during, I mean, how how do you guys go back out? Like, how do you see this rolling through and you know you got to go back out and do it again tomorrow? You just do it. It's your, it's your job. Like, you got to deal with it. Um, some people can't. Some people will try anything to um, not go out. Um, we had a situation with a guy who who was like that. He would always make up excuses about things that were wrong with him and uh, just to get out from going out because he, hmm. he was terrified. Which, I mean, is understandable, but yeah, yeah. you sign. I get that you also signed up for that. Right? Yeah, so you're, you're supposed sword. to you're supposed to man up and mm-hmm. do your job. That's the whole point of it. And some people just can't. And uh, I mean, at the time, um, I couldn't stand the guy because he was fucking everybody else over. Mm-hmm him not doing his job that he was trained to do was putting us at a disadvantage um, because he was all about himself and that's not what you're supposed to be. I never once thought, oh my God, 
like, I can't do this because my knee hurts today. It was like, no, like my buddy's going out. Like I got to be out there to watch him because I didn't, it's hard to trust people, but you learn to trust them with your life. Like if something's going on behind me, I don't need to look behind me because I know that guy's got it. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. Um, I never had to worry. Um, And that's the most trust I've ever given anybody is that trust to be in a situation where I know unless he goes down, he's got my back. Mm -hmm. And I know that even if he goes down, if he can, he's still fighting Mm -hmm. because that's the kind of relationship you, you, you get with those people. Did you ever, uh, you have any close calls yourself as far as like, uh, like, uh, hit with like a bullet, but in your, like a vest, I've talked to some guys that, you know, they talk about <coughs> getting hit with a bullet in the vest and or no. off a ricochet off their helmet. No. Um, I almost got hit with a grenade. Um, so it's kind of one of these, it's going to be, it's kind of weird to say, but like, I always thought like what I, what we were talking about earlier, I always think there's someone watching over you mm-hmm. and I feel like this situation was one of those um like we were talking about before like I was always point man so that means I was always the first first guy in, through the door first guy through everything and we were on patrol and I was the first guy um walking down the road and we stopped because they wanted to go down this alley and so I was pulling security like I was trained to do and then we were getting ready to move and the platoon sergeant told me to get up front and so <clears throat> I was standing in front of a building it was a store and there was glass and everything and then there was an alleyway and then there was a wall like a, just a brick wall which I love so much um <laughs> maybe this is where it comes from <laughs> maybe and so <clears throat> um I was turning to go down the alley when I hear um his name is Phoenix he yelled something so I turned around and at that point I saw it was called an, uh, it's an anti-tank grenade. And so it looks like a coffee can on a stick. Yeah. Okay. You know what I'm talking about? Yep. Someone threw that out in a car and we had a shot on the vehicle, but there was too many people around. So we didn't take it. That was after the fact, but so they threw out the grenade and they didn't cut the parachute off. So it landed with the penetrator down 20 feet away from me. Hmm. And it's an anti-tank grenade, so it makes a big boom. Mm-hmm. And so it, it, when it penetrated, it penetrated straight down. And the blast went and hit the wall and the glass window where I was standing and didn't go anywhere near the alley huh. where we were at. And uh, there was five of us, including our medic, that would have been killed probably or injured badly. Um in that situation, but it w- the blast was like bad enough to like knock me to the ground. Like if you see on movies or stuff like that, where it's like the concuss, like, like that's kind of true. Like I, yeah. like I've, my ears were like, but it wasn't like a, it was more of like a, like I felt wobbly and stuff. Like it wasn't like they a call it like shell shock kind of thing, right? Where you're um, disoriented and yeah, I was just I was disoriented, but it wasn't like a like I couldn't see type thing, but like it was blurry. Hmm. You know what I mean? Like it, it's hard to explain. Um, but it knocked me to the ground, and I got up and I made sure everybody was okay, and we got like in our fighting positions for follow on attacks and stuff like that. Um, but that's that was a close call. Um, 
And then you guys just keep moving yeah. forward. Yeah. It's not take the rest of the day off. No, no. We still had, I was, that was early in the day. I still had like many hours left. Mm. So. Yeah. But you felt like somebody was watching you there. Huh? You felt like somebody was watching you there. Yeah. So yeah, I, I, I felt like there was no way that should have done that. Um, I feel, I feel like that should have just taken out that whole area to be Do honest. Do you think you think that you know who was watching out for you? I feel, I mean, um, I, I do, I feel like my dad kind of like is protecting me. Mm. So like, I, I'm not, I'm not huge into that kind of stuff, but like there's some times where you just feel like, um, that shouldn't have happened that way. Yeah. And maybe there was a hand in it. You know what I mean? Like something, yeah. something was there. Cause like, maybe it's not, it's just not your time or whatever. I don't know. No, I, I, I get that. Like, um, I, I, I believe I had that moment. So I think that's why I understand what you're saying. Yeah. Um, you can't explain it. You can't explain it. Then it's, then it seems like it's, yeah. Whether it's God or yeah, a dad, a grandpa, somebody helping out yeah, an angel, some sort. Because I, I mean, I, sh- I probably should be either dead or like mm-hmm. injured very badly. Um, well, I'm certainly glad that didn't happen. Well, See, stepping stones because you were supposed to be yeah. here today yeah. talking about it. Exactly. Yeah. Um, there was a few situations like that. I was never shot, um, but the grenades. Um, so they, like one of the stupid things I had to do. So when you get there, they test your, tactics and how you react to stuff and so one of the things that they would do is they learned our tactics when we saw a roadside bomb um they knew that we would back up 300 feet do a cordon call it eod stuff like that get it removed so what they would do is they put a fake uh ied on the side of the road and then when you backed up there was the real ied um and they would do different kind of stuff they would do like command um which is like just a handheld detonator mm-hmm. and they would do like pressure switches where like when you ran over it, it would blow up. This one happened to be a command one and whoever was in charge of, it, I think got scared. And so we backed up right on top of it and, uh, we were out when we found it. And I, I was there and the guy I was with, um, who was a higher ranking person had me follow the wire to where it came from just out in this field in the middle of nowhere, just, waiting to be shot or blown up or something because it was the dumbest. It was dumb. Like I'm sitting here following this wire to this little fucking dip down <laughs> and there was a command switch. Oh, wow. And luckily, obviously no guy there. He there ran, was, he's gone. Nope, there were, there was nobody there, but like I was just waiting to for like, to like be a decoy and us walk into like an ambush. You know what I mean? Like I'm sitting there thinking like, this is the dumbest thing ever. Like we just need to, we need to do go about this a little differently. <laughs> but um, that's the kind of thing where you just like deal with it and overcome. Like I was saying, you know, you got to move on. Like, yeah, you think it's stupid, but you also don't want that guy out there to kill other people. You want to try to apprehend them and get all that stuff out of there. Um, so you do what you got to do. Hmm. Even if it's really dumb. <laughs> me, poor me and Kaylee over here, you know, we, we fight our depression battles. And then I talk to a guy like you. <laughs> uh, and I don't really understand why I'm, I don't really understand me 
more so after talking to you. Do you feel that way? A hundred percent. I'm like, I have no issues. Like what? <laughs> How? Mm, I, I don't know. <laughs> Maybe I'll just have to start thinking about you when I'm in that yeah. zone. Yeah. Do it if it, if it helps. Yeah. Yeah. Call me up. Yeah. That's what friends are for. Yeah. Yeah. I don't, I don't mind helping. I've had a few friends that should have called me, but they didn't. Do you lost some friends after the fact? Yeah. Mm. Well, one of them, uh, flaw, he, like I talked to him like the day before and he seemed fine. Um, just ran into him, said, Hey, you know, bullshit with him a little bit. Mm-hmm. And then the next day he killed himself. And then, um, not too long ago, well, it's been a little while. Um, the guy I actually bunked with, um, well, on my second deployment, he hung himself in his garage, didn't get a hold of anybody, didn't do anything. Hmm. Um, and then, uh, another one of my buddies, uh, he ended up, I think, I think it was suicide or something. I don't, I don't, we don't know exactly. Um, they never released a full statement of what mm-hmm. it actually was, but he ended up passing away and he's probably like 20, 25 or something like that. Mm-hmm. Maybe a little bit older. Yeah, probably like closer to 30, I'd guess. Not Dixon. Oh. Mitchell. Oh, I was thinking of Dixon. Sorry. Yeah. And then I had another buddy, Dixon, um, they said it was a brain aneurysm, um, and we're not 100% sure what it was, mm-hmm. but he was a really close friend of mine, um, and it happened after the fact, like not too long, like maybe a year after, kind of-ish, mm-hmm. four, oh, was it four years? It was quite okay. a bit. Well, I'm a bad judge of time, Yeah. but um, we don't know for sure. Uh, we had our We had our thoughts, but you never really know. Instead of just calling, you know what I mean? Because right. like, it's they also they teach you not to like a lot of times they think like therapy's bad, you know? Yeah, it makes you weak. Yeah, mm-hmm. but death is forever. Yeah, and you're leaving by you're behind like a lot of people who care about you and. To me, that's, I couldn't do that. And I wish people would think about that because like all they had to do was call me. I'm pretty good. I'm, I'm pretty good at listening. Like I'll listen, I'll talk, you know, I'll slap you in the face if you need to wake up, you know, whatever needs to help to happen to help. Um, I'm willing to do it because like, he was a good friend of mine. Like I've known, I know him, I knew him for five years. You know what I mean? And like, yeah. we got a bond and then he just gone. And like, I wish I could have done more. Um, another, like the other, the other buddies, you know, like I wasn't as close, but I was, st- I'd still be there for them. Um, but uh, you know, you lose a lot of guys that made it home. You go through all that and then they just are is gone, it, is it, you know, is it for some of them? Do you think it's, uh, is it physical pain? And they and they can't get the relief they need, and so they feel that's their out. Do you think it's a more? Is it more mental? I think. Hmm. Well, it depends on the person. Um, the guys I knew, I think maybe maybe one was pain, hmm. um, but I just think that they just couldn't cope, or didn't know how to cope, because the hardest thing is. 
as you go free from being like this on the go, like I would get two hours of sleep, four hours of sleep. Like I would get like no sleep a lot of times. I was go, 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 go. And I've, I had a purpose. I felt like I was like doing the right thing. I felt like, you know, like I felt like I had a purpose in my life. Like I was, I was out there like giving back because I, it wasn't all just like, oh, hey, let's go shoot up this place. You know what I mean? Like we were working with the people there. We were teaching them things and we were, we were helping them. Like Saddam was like slaughtering the Kurdish people in record numbers, like just killing them off. Mm -hmm. Like we stopped that. We stopped him from just murdering a whole bunch of people. You know, and so we stopped that. We we helped build schools. We helped get like water and stuff to the kids. It wasn't just about that. There was way more to it um, than just going out and like kicking indoors and killing bad people or so-called bad people. To them, they probably thought they were doing the right thing. Like, right. You know what I mean? Like everybody thinks they're doing the right thing when they're doing it most of the time, you know? Um, and I, I can't speak for them. Maybe they... Maybe they you know, I don't, I don't know what they were thinking, but I know at the time I thought I was doing the right thing and I felt like I was making a difference to these people, um, in some way, shape or form because they couldn't defend themselves a lot of times against like the other people. Um, they didn't have the means, they didn't have the, the tactics, they didn't know what to do in bad situations. They didn't know how to stop it. Um, so Yeah. You're a bigger humanitarian than you probably know. Maybe. I, I mean, I don't... It was, I like the way you care. <laughs> mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. It kind of warms my heart. Good. Yeah. Yeah. I, this weekend, learned of a friend that um, he, he attempted to shoot himself. Um... And I wear that on my sleeve. I think uh, quite, you know, it's it's out there, uh, and I and I carry people's pain. Yeah. And it's it's tough when you can't help people. Um, you know, my 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 side of was suicide. I was young, I was thirteen and fourteen, and and life was over for me. But uh, as a as I've grown to be an adult, uh, I've learned how to handle that part of my life. Yeah. And so, I had a friend. Uh, that that asphyxiated himself in his car uh, ten years ago. Like, and, and you'd never, you don't, just like you. Like, I, I ran into him the day before. You know, he's at Menards. He's buying a grill. Mm -hmm. You know, they're talking about plans, and then the next day they're gone. And it's hard to see people's battles. Yeah. You know, that's a, that's not out there. And, and earlier you talked about like your mom talking about it. You know, and so on. You mm -hmm. know, and I always think that if I could change anything in the world, I would want people to be able to talk about it. Yeah. Right. Being able to talk about it would solve so many things. So it's hard. Yeah. I mean, you gotta, you gotta be willing to talk about it too is the problem. Mm -hmm. Cause like some things, you know, like in her life, she don't think people will believe, or she just doesn't want to remember or bring up or talk about, you know, right. and like it's understandable, but I mean, it could possibly help her more than she would even know mm -hmm. or other people. You know, I think it's, I mean, everybody keeps their own things to themselves. Um, but 
if if more people talked about it, it probably would. Like I made a promise to my mom and to Kaylee and to to everybody else that um, if things got that bad, I wouldn't care about stigmas. I don't care much, like what people, as far as like how people judge me, that's their business. Like mm-hmm. if they don't like me, that's perfectly fine. Like they have that right. Um, and I'm not gonna let that stop me from getting help. If I need to talk somebody, I'll go talk somebody. And I don't care if people make fun of me because I don't I don't really care. I just don't care. It doesn't bother me. I'd rather be made fun of and continue my life. Yeah. Than 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 the other the other direction. Dead. Just yeah. gone. Like there's nothing, nothing left. Yeah. What do you do now? Yeah. Like you leave about you leave behind everybody who cared for you. Mm. And that's that's terrible because it's forever. Like that problem could go away. It's that problem might not be forever. Mm. And that's the thing. Like it's a temporary solution for, you know, or however that saying goes. Yeah. yeah. It's a permanent solution. Yeah. To a temporary, yeah. Temporary yeah. Problem. yeah. I got yeah, you. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So it, it's one of those things. It's like, that's a big decision to be like, mm-hmm. well, shit, this is going on in my life. I can't fix it. So I'm going to leave behind everybody I love. And then they have to deal with that. And that might cause them to not be able to deal with it either. You know what I mean? And then like, it's just, it's so much better to be around and try to work through that. And that might be selfish. You know what I mean? Like to, to be like, don't, you know, don't do that because I want you around. You know what I mean? But like, it's also kind of selfish to be like, well, I don't want to be around no more. So I'm just going to leave. So it's a double edged sword kind of thing. And it's, it's hard to deal with, but I feel like you need to go down every Avenue possible before you take that permanent, you know, do you think when it comes to suicide, that's military driven, um, is the military, I uh, hope I'm not putting you on the spot here. Um, is the military leaving these guys behind? Is the door open for them or is it, are they not getting the help they need or? Uh, yes and no. And I say that cause I can't speak for every branch of the VA or how they're going about things. I know a lot of guys, I know my buddy Eric, um, is getting a lot of help that he needs and they're doing everything they can for him. Good. Um, I know that there's a lot of guys being left behind in certain places. Um, I I might not know them personally, but I know their stories. I read about it. I hear about it. And I think that the VA could be doing more to help them. Um, and I don't know because I, I haven't done it. I can't speak about it. Like I don't know what would happen if I was like, hey, I need help. Like I need to talk to somebody. I don't know what happened. So I can't speak on that. So the door might be wide open Hmm. and people just aren't taking it. But from what I wonder, yeah. But from what I hear, I hear that the door is closed, that they Hmm. don't even get the opportunity to go in. Now, whether that's true or not, I can't, I can't really explain. Like, I don't know. Hmm. Well, I certainly hope that, uh, that's not true that they, that the door's open and I hope people find a way to, to get in it. You yeah, know, I hope people so come over. I think that's a battle to begin with. 
letting down, like think that guard or that pride or whatever and asking for help is hard for probably really anybody. Some people it are is. worse than others. And, oh yeah. Uh, but I certainly hope they find their way. And that's, mm. that's gotta be their choice. You know, they gotta, they gotta want the help. Yeah. And they gotta just say, fuck it. You know, who, who cares if somebody thinks I'm weak because I got yeah. help. Like I'm alive. I'm with my family. Like I always think that that's what we think or that person's thinking. But the mm-hmm. truth is, is that people will think you're stronger for getting help. I mean, it goes both ways. I mean, there's, there's people out there that are like that. I mean, I've met a lot of guys in the military that are just so, so manly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like they think anybody's weak at any little, you know, any little thing, any little crack or like chink in their armor. You know what I mean? They, they see it as weakness mm-hmm. and it's like, maybe, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I would like is. to take, uh, I would like to take those, the, that type of person on an honor flight, right? Like, cause I listened to grown men, uh, that were world war two and, and then Korea and now Vietnam, mm-hmm. uh, absolutely open up and, and, and most of them sob. Yeah. You know, like, uh, and, and I always think to them when I think of those people, like I think how strong they are Yeah, and never in that moment when they're absolutely bawling to some perfect stranger like myself, do I ever think that they're weak? Right. And right? I like, it takes a strong person to sit in front of a stranger and let out emotion, like raw emotion. Right. But they've been, they've had that held in for so long, probably, you know, it probably feels good for them to let it go. I don't know. Um, but I don't see it as weak. Like I said, I'll do it if I have to. Um, and I don't think, um, anybody else that needs help. I don't, I don't think they're weak either. I think it's the best thing they they could do is get help instead of, killing themselves and another thing is like people people don't really look at it but like ufc fighters they have a victory and like it's a big stepping stone to them they cry in the ring you know what i mean they let, the, they let that emotion out and people don't see it as weak mm-hmm. but some people might because like oh they're bawling like what a what a pussy right and it's like no like they achieve something that they've been probably doing like wanting since they were five, 10, 15 years old, you know, however, however. And it's like, it's just an emotion, but, um, people see it as weakness and it's just, it's just a societal thing where, you know, we were, we were taught like the world war two, world war one, we were taught like to just suck it up, be a man, don't cry. You got to be this hard ass, you know, and it's kind of moving in a different direction now where it's becoming more acceptable for people to do whatever they want to do. And, be emotional and everything like that. But you still have that societal thing where it says men need to be like tough guys and they can't cry and they can't show emotion because they're men. And it's not just other men reinforcing that it's women too, as mothers, they're like, Oh, suck it up, be a man. Right. You know what I mean? So like, it's not just men perpetuating the cycle. It's women also. Um, but in, and it's not every single man or woman. Right. No, but, I totally don't. yes. Um, but it's out there, and that's you know that's kind of a society thing. You don't know why you're telling them to do it. You just it's just something that they do. Like I think that's family bred. Yeah, for some families, it takes longer for that to let go of that. Yeah, and it's not you know, their mentality. fault. You know what I mean? No, I don't. I don't think so either. Like if you're raised that way, like you mm-hmm. don't know any different, right? Um, 
but you can you can always change. I believe in change, um, and I think people can do it if you want to. But you want you got to have like to want it. Otherwise, you're never going to change. You're going to keep doing the same thing. Nope. Um, God, I feel like I could go on forever. And then he's poor Kaylee, no, like poor Kaylee hasn't said a word over here. We've talked to her like once. That's fine. I'm just listening. I'm like, wow, he's real great. <laughs> yeah. I might have to play your podcast. Wait, why are you shaking your head? Because we don't know. I think it was really good. No. Thank you so much, but no, thank you. Oh, I hate you. <laughs> um, well, I kind of want to end it here because I think I have an idea of how I want to end it, okay. um, which I record later. Okay. Uh, when you're not around, probably is it, I think my idea, I would cry in front of you and I don't want to. <laughs> um, but I thank you guys. But before you go, um, I think people need to know where they can find you. Where can they find you, Kaylee? If they want to see your awesome photography work. Oh, man, alive. Oh, yeah. By the way, we're photographers. <laughs> we talked about that earlier, I think. It's fine. We take photos. Um Eleanor Catherine photography.com or you know that's a lot that's a mouthful and your insta uh EKP seniors is Billy yeah Billy what, go what? Billy go. high fives yeah, yeah mine's just Eleanor Catherine photo oh, yeah we're on Facebook we're too. all over yeah just, just everywhere Kaylee Pillars Billy Pillars you, you yeah. look us up you'll find yeah. us just, hard google, to find you just google just google them yeah google it, yeah. Google it. <laughs> um I'm going to make you guys answer one more question each. Oh, yay. Okay. Ready. Turkey. (laughs) That's my flavor of sandwich. Ooh. I might add that to my arsenal of questions. Um, Kaylee, what is the one thing you love most about Billy? Oh. Take a second. He's real funny, and he always makes me smile. I'd say that's my number one. There's a lot, though. Like, everything is everything an answer? Man, he's perfect. Why are yeah. you so perfect for? <laughs> I Why don't are you know. so cute? Yeah, you are kind of awesome. <laughs> yeah. I'm, I'm, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I'm going to ask you the same question, but not about yourself. Okay. So, what is it that you love about Kaylee? Um... I don't I don't know exactly what the right word is, but I love how like I've said it numerous times and you probably will be like, Okay, yeah, I get it. But like I love how I don't know if it's compassionate, empathy, what the right word is, but just the way that she cares about other people. Um the way that she can get into like their feelings and feel the exact same thing. Like I love that about her because like I think that makes her who she is. Like she can she can like connect with people and see like their emotion and match it. And I feel like that's something that not a lot of people can do. You know? And I love that. It's a good quality. answer. He's great, right? Yeah, he's pretty good stuff. <laughs> Stop crying or I'm gonna cry. Stop it right now. Um wait, one more question. Okay. Let's say some seventeen year old kid's listening. With right. his mom and dad driving down the car, right, okay. driving on the road, and he's like, "I'm gonna be in the army." Yeah. What's your word of advice? What's your advice to some kid thinking about joining the military? Um, I've actually had this situation. 
depends on the kid. So I go to the gym and there's a lot of high school kids in there. And there was a kid who wanted to join the military, but he didn't know what to do. And getting like, I'll kind of wrap it up, make it short. Cause it was kind of long talks, but like he was terrified about what he would have to do. And so I told him to go air force because if he's that scared, he's never going to make it in the job that he wanted to do. Or he wouldn't, he wouldn't make it. And then he wouldn't have, um, a career choice after the military. That's one thing I kind of regret is not now so much because I have a great career and I love what I do. Mm-hmm. But before that, I didn't have a path when I got out. Um, I could be a cop. I could do construction. Like I, that's stuff I didn't want to do. Like, you know yeah. what I mean? Like if I, if I reclassed and got a different job, then I could have got out with a skill and that would have made life a lot easier. I wouldn't be doing what I'm doing now. So I'm thankful that it didn't work out that way. So I told him to go air force and um, he had a few jobs that he wanted to choose and we kind of talked about it because he, he would never make it, um, doing what he wanted to do in the army. Never. Um, he was, I mean, maybe I could be wrong. I don't want, okay. I don't want to say never, but he was so scared and like it just, I don't think it would be a fit for him. He may have been able to do it, but he may not have came out all, you know, all together. And so, if there is anybody listening that is thinking about it, like I love the army. I love what I did. I love the people I met. I wouldn't trade it for anything, but it's gotta be right for you. You got to understand what you're getting into and you got to so understand. They should talk to a guy like yeah, you or 100%. somebody they know, right? hundred percent. And don't, I'll, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty open about it and I'll tell you the good and the bad things. Cause there's some things I hated and I think the military should get away from and, um, the route that, you know, like some things are, they're changing, like shouldn't be changed. It should go back to the way it was. Um, and there's some things that they should change because it needs to be changed. Hmm. Um, there's good and bad with anything and don't let somebody just tell you everything's good because it's not, um, you need to seek out someone who's willing to tell you the good and the bad and let you make an educated decision. Hmm. Um, but like I said, I loved, I loved my time in the army. I loved the people I met. I loved, um, I loved my job because it, it, you know, I love shooting guns. I love, I love doing that stuff. Like the war part, you know, nobody wants to do war, but that's yeah. part of the job. Um, but I got, I got a lot of, uh, training and a lot of, uh, I got to, you know, I got to ride in Blackhawks and do like cool stuff, you know, that I would never in a hundred years do as a mechanic or like anything like that, you know? Um, and I got to see things that I would never see, like if I was just stuck on base. So I loved being involved in, in the communities cause I met some really amazing, like Iraqi families like that took us into their home and like cooked for us like homemade meals sometimes, you know, and they were good people like, and they were just trying to live their lives like anybody else, you know? Um, and then there was bad people like anywhere, you know? And so I got those experiences that I would have never got anywhere else. So I loved what I did, but there's also bad to everything. And I would, I would do it all over again, especially (laughs) with the guys I was with. Cause like, you know, just got that relationship that I've never had with anybody else. Mm -hmm. So awesome. 
Awesome. Well, I thank you both. Yeah. Okay, Liz here. You're welcome. <laughs> you are welcome. Oh, maybe I'll just find some bits and pieces from your other one, and I'll just try to interject them <laughs> into this one or something. Okay, super. <laughs> you don't have to do that. This was perfect. Okay. Okay. All right, Billy. Um, one, I I don't know your mom, and I I so I already adore her. Yeah, she's she's a great. Person. I really want to meet her now. Yeah, uh, and my heart goes out to her. She might. You might want to put on the good Troy. I'll put on good Troy. She she won't know how to handle you at first until she Troy. gets until she gets to know you. She'll get real good Troy. Yeah, um, but I think she'd yeah. like you. Yeah, once she got to know you. Yeah, I want to. I want to learn how to forgive from her. Good. Good luck. I don't. I don't even know if she knows how to do it. She just does it. You know what I mean? Just yeah. Something in her just lets her do it. She's got a good spirit of God in her or something. Yeah. She's got yeah. something that a lot of people wish they had. Yeah. Yeah. I'm going to meet her. <laughs> um, all right. I'm getting out of here. I love you both. Love you we too. love you. <laughs> all right. Uh, hug your dogs for me. Done. Of course. Okay. Bye. <laughs> hey world. You just got done listening to Billy and Kaylee. And I just wanted to take a, just a short minute here. Um, my heart breaks for those people that have lost their life, whether they were fighting uh, a battle that they were passionate to, to protect us from or they came back here and continued to fight a battle in their head, their heart, and uh, took their own life. Um, and towards the end of this episode, you, you heard Billy touch on that uh, with some friends and it's heartbreaking. And so um, I certainly don't know those gentlemen or their families and you know, would never call them by name. And I think Billy mentions their first names. But I, I hope you take a minute today and just think about all the brave men and women that spend 10 months, 18 months, 9 months, whatever it is, fighting wars, seeing awful things, and then coming home and fighting a war within their heart and mind that's hard for them to tell other people about. You know, so um, I certainly don't think thanking a veteran is going to solve that, but I hope you thank them. I hope that you encourage them. I hope you, if they're one of your loved ones, I hope that maybe you find a soft way to always make sure they're in check. Um, their lives are important, more important than most when you're willing to give it up to, to fight a war that's not necessarily your war, in my opinion. And to come home and have to continue that battle is is absolutely uh, you know just hard for me to wrap my mind around. And and so if uh, if you have somebody out there that needs to talk, um, my door's open. I bet Billy's door's open. I know there's hotlines and 800 numbers and therapists and neighbors and another veteran that's went through it and and maybe even an older veteran, a Korean veteran, a, a Vietnam veteran. Um, I, I hope. I hope they get the encouragement they need to get the help they need. So appreciate you guys listening today. And uh, again, see you guys next week.